All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalms 84. Psalms chapter 84, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Salah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Salah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy court is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in Thee. Heavenly Father, I ask You now to bless the reading of Thy Word. Lord, we look to You and we ask You to help us because we realize that we're needy people. And God, I pray that You'll take this psalm, make it real to our souls. Help us, God, to receive with meekness the engrafted Word. And Lord, You know the need of every heart that's represented. And I pray that the Word of God would minister to us now. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to draw your attention here to verse number 4 in just a moment something that the psalmist uh, talks about. We know that uh, when we come to Psalms chapter 84, it's very easy to see what is on the psalmist's mind here. The Bible talks about uh, here in this chapter, the psalmist begins to, uh, he talks uh, about the Lord and he talks about his strength and he talks about uh, the Lord's supply and his sufficiency. But one of the dominating truths in this psalm here is that he talks about the Lord's sanctuary. He mentions much about the house of God. In verse number 1, he talks about thy tabernacles. As he said, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And then in verse 2, notice he talks about the courts of the Lord. He said, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. In verse number 3, he talks about thine altars. In verse 4, he talks about thy house. As he said, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. And then again in verse number 10, he talks about thy courts and being a doorkeeper in the house of God. As he says in verse number 10 that uh, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. So he mentions several statements here in reference to the sanctuary the house of God. And when you come to verse number 4, notice he said, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. He talks about the blessing of being in the house of God. And that's what I want to preach on for a few moments. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about the benefits or the blessings of staying in the house of God. The blessings of staying in the house of God. You see, when you come to verse number one, uh, the Bible here, the psalmist, he talks about loving the house of God. As he says, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. He talks about how much he loves the house of God. That word amiable simply means kind or it means friendly. And he talks about uh, how one 
wonderful it is to, to be in the house of God. He had a genuine love for the house of God. You know, I think saved people love church. Amen? Saved people want to be at church. They, they want to go to church. I'm amazed at people that will say that they're saved, but they never darken the door of a church. And I understand people can backslide. They can get away from God and get out there and get out of the will of God. But I want to tell you, saved people want to be in God's house. And those that uh, have claimed to be saved for 25 and 30 years and haven't been to church and no desire to ever go to church, no history of wanting to go to church. You say, preacher, uh, what do you think? I believe they're not saved. Amen. I think the devil has slipped them a counterfeit. Now there's a possibility some would be, but I wouldn't want to take that chance. Saved people love to be in the house of God. The Bible talks about that in the book of 1 John that we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. And so he mentions here loving the house of God. And then in verse 2 he talks about longing for the house of God. Look what he said. He said, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. You see, the psalmist wanted to be in church. And I understand that the sanctuary didn't mean the same thing in the Old Testament as far as the church, but it did in this sense that it was where God's presence was. It was where God met with His people. And we know that they didn't go uh, on a daily basis or, or all the time like uh, in, this, in the same format that we do today. But they had an appointed time. They had a time that they went to the house of God. And the psalmist is longing for that. He's longing to be in that place of worship. And I want to tell you, that's how it is. If you're saved and you love God and you're right with God, you've got a longing for church. Amen? When Sunday morning rolls around, you want to be in church. When Sunday night rolls around, you want to be in church. Wednesday night, you long to be in church. Amen? Sure, the flesh may get tired. It may even get sick. But there's still that longing to want to be with the people of God where the presence of God is. Amen? And you desire that. And I desire that. I want to tell you, my friend, when you think about uh, this uh, passage of Scripture, he talks about loving the house of God. He talks about longing for the house of God. But then he takes it to another level in verse number 3 and 4, which is what we're preaching on. He talks about living in the house of God. Look what he said. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they, now notice this, that dwell in thy house. I want you to see in verse 3 and 4 that he talks about the sparrow. He talks about uh, here uh, the swallow. And he talks about them building a nest. The swallow has built a nest upon the altar. The sparrow hath found a house. Amen. And then he talks about, uh, he talks about the, uh, uh, the child of God. He said, blessed are they that dwell in the house of the Lord. In other words, the psalmist wasn't just talking about attending church on, a, on just a, uh, a casual basis. Just here and thou. Just or just here and there, just, just now and then. No, he was talking about uh, living, the house of God being a part of your life. Amen? Living in the house of God. And I know that we don't live in the sanctuary, but when you think about our life, our life evolves as, as, as the church, it evolves as saints of God, as believers, our life evolves around His house. We live to go to church. We live to be in God's house. We, we, we want to go as much as possible. If the church is having revival uh, five nights, we want to be there. If the church is having a two-week revival, we want to be there. Amen. Our life evolves around church. And, and you think about the day that we're living in. 
when so many churches are having less church, and I'm not talking about the virus, I, I understand that, but I'm talking about so many churches are just, you know, they're just doing away with this service or doing away with that service or, or trimming down uh, things uh, uh, to make it more convenient. And people like that. They, they like that conveniency. They like, like going to church just a little less in this day. But that's not where the psalmist is at. The psalmist says, I want to be like the, the sparrow who's got her house down there at the house of God. I want to be like the swallow that's built her nest on the altar. She's laid her young there. I'll tell you, it's a good place to put your young. Amen. And there's a benefit by wrapping yourself up in the house of God, saying that church is not just a part of my life, but church is my life. I think the next generation has to get a hold of that. Or our churches will never see the power of God like they once did. When you think about a good church and you think about a place to bring your family, and I thank God that we have young people, uh, young adults in our church, that, that's, that's their desire. They want to raise their children in church. They, uh, listen, they may not be old and gray-headed, but, but they want to go to church and they want what the other generation has. And they're trying to live that uh, out in the, uh, with their children. And they, they keep them faithful. I, I commend every young couple in our church that, uh, for bringing your children to church on Wednesday nights and being faithful, for taking them to Sunday school and taking them to the house of God. I commend you for that. Hey, it's not just the, the old and gray, gray hairs and we thank God for them, but it's not just them that's keeping the church alive. It's these young couples in the church as well uh, that's being faithful and rearing their, their, their children up. And I, I want to encourage you, stay faithful. Don't let somebody sidetrack you. Don't let somebody uh, tell you it's okay to, to miss church on Wednesday night. And I'm not talking about when you have to work and I'm not talking about uh, when you're sick, but I'm talking about just taking occasion and just saying, well, it's not that important or, or take them down to the soccer field or the baseball field or the football field. You say, preacher, are you against my kids playing uh, sports? I'm against your kids missing the house of God to play sports. Amen. I'm talking about teach them that church is the most important thing in their life. Amen. Teach them to evolve their life around the house of God. Teach them to be faithful. That's why there's benefits, there's blessings in living and staying in the house of God. You think about that. In this text, I want you to notice some things, the, some of the benefits and, and the blessings of, of keeping your family in church all the days of your life. Be someone that has longevity in church membership. Have longevity in, in being faithful. You see, it's not, it's not that one great Sunday that's going to make the difference in their life. It's not that one magnificent Sunday at church. And thank God for those Sundays. We love those. We live for them. But it's not that Sunday where, you know, God just does the spectacular and we see great results. That's not the, the Sunday that's going to, to change your home, change your spouse, or, or change your, your, your children. You know what it is? It's every Sunday. It's not that one Sunday. It's every Sunday. It's every Sunday night. It's every Wednesday night. It's every Sunday school lesson. It's not that one Sunday school lesson that is going to... Oh, and I understand uh, God does certain things. And, uh, he'll take a message and, and it's rememberable and it's, it can be a turning point. But what I'm want, wanting you to see is that it's a lifetime of consistency and living uh, in the house of God that causes you to have a blessed life. Amen? And I want you to notice some of the blessings of staying in the house of God. Number one, I want you to see the blessing of your home. Amen? The Bible 
Bible again talks about in verse 3 and 4. I mentioned the sparrow, the swallow, how that they build their nest. And, and that swallow builds her nest upon the altar and she lays her young there. Hey, that's what every young couple needs to do. Lay your young upon the altar. I thank God for uh, baby dedications and I think that's wonderful. And uh, I, think that, uh, I think it's a good thing to do. But it needs to be more than just a religious formality. It's not just something that uh, to do. Don't, don't think just because you laid them on the altar uh, when they were a newborn that they're going to live for God. That's a good start, but that's not the end. Amen? You need to lay them on the altar of your home and, and pray for them. And you need to bring them to church and uh, week in and week out and teach them uh, to go to the altar, not casually, not, not to use the altar. Uh, it needs to be serious business, but, but you need to put them on the altar uh, in the house of God every week. Amen? Keep them faithful. The blessing of your home. You want your children to serve God? You know, I've wondered as a pastor down through the years, in the back of my mind, I've wondered if some parents even do want their children to serve God. Or if they're just happy and satisfied with them uh, going to church a little bit. Being a part of a King James Bible-believing church and and, and old-fashioned church, just to say that they, that's... But, but really, deep in the heart of those parents, do you really want your children to turn out for God? I mean, it's great if they get a good education. I think they ought to. And I think they ought to do well in society and life as much as they can. But above everything else, is your desire that your children spend their life living and serving God, uh, doing the will of God? God has a will for their life. And, and they don't have to be preachers. And they don't have to be, uh, you know, missionaries. And thank God they could be. And, and that may be God's will. Don't shortchange them in that area. But I'm telling you, listen, you'll never know the, the spiritual potential in your children's life if you don't lay them on the altar and keep them faithful. The blessing in the home, the blessing of the spouse. You say, Brother Gravely, I have a good spouse. And you ought to thank God for that. And I'm sure you do. But you know what? The devil's ruined a lot of good homes. A lot of homes that have been torn apart, they, they weren't all bad. They weren't all people that didn't want to do right. There was, we could all relate to somebody that we all know. I'm sure everybody, you, surely we all know somebody that at one time we would honestly have to say they were on fire for God. They, wanted to, they were doing the right way. They were living the right way. But somewhere they got off course. And I don't ever want to look at those people and, and look down upon them. I may not agree with what they're doing, but, but I never want to look at them with a judgmental spirit about me because I want to look at them in, in light of Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, you which your spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. When I see when someone go astray or I see a, a preacher fall, it's a reminder that how weak and feeble the flesh really is. That you could spend 25 years in church three times a week. We've seen people here be faithful for years and years and be a blessing to the church, but they didn't spend their whole life in church. You see, you can spend five years. You could spend five months. Let me just say that. I mean, you could spend five weeks out of church, and the scars of that could, could run deep enough to last you the rest of your life. I'm talking about spending your life, the blessing of staying in the house of God. Stay where God puts you. Be faithful. That's a blessing. You say, why? Because it's a blessing to your home. You know, when my children was growing up, and I understand this don't happen with everybody, but it was a prayer of mine as my children was growing up. I, I wanted them 
to stay in one church. I, I wanted to, to raise them in one church. And I, I prayed, Lord, I don't know as a preacher what your will is. You may call me somewhere else. I pray that you, you'd let me stay here. But, but, but Lord, if you would, while my children was coming up and, and growing up, I, I wanted them to have longevity in one church. I felt like it was of great importance. And, and again, I understand that don't always happen with everybody. But, but it's, a good, it's a good prayer to pray. Amen. It's a good, good ambition to have, I think. And, and there's the blessing of, of staying in church. Sometimes things happen, you have to leave the church and, and go to another church because maybe it's not doctrinally sound or, or it's just spiritually dead. And, and I can understand those things. But I'm talking about there's a blessing in your home to your children and to your companion. You know what church does for a husband and wife? It helps you to love each other. And I think it's important for you to go to Sunday school together. I think it's important to go to church together, worship together. That's, that's what it's about. Worshiping God together as a family. Uh, worshiping God together in the church. Amen. The blessing of your home. Then there's the blessing of your happiness. Look at verse number 4, what it says. Blessed are they that dwell in the house, in thy house. Notice what he said. They will be still praising thee. The psalmist says if you'll stay in church all the days of your life. If you'll live for God all the days of your life, you'll still be praising Him. There's happiness in serving God. I, I understand the difference between joy and happiness, but for alliteration's sake, I'll use that. But, but what he's saying here is that it produces joy. It gives you happiness. You, you live a happy life. You want to have a happy home? Stay in church. You, you want to have a happy marriage? Stay in church. You, you want to raise children and, and then bring you joy in life? Stay in church. You say, well, my children have gone astray, but, and, and they, they've got a prodigal son or daughter. Yeah, but if you ever want to see joy and happiness in them coming back, you've got to stay in church. You, you can't quit because they quit. You can't go the far country because they do. You've got to, to stay faithful. If you'll live uh, in the, your life uh, by being faithful and staying in the house of God, it'll bring you great happiness and joy. You know, whenever people get out of church, they're never happy. Now, there may be some that we see that leave church and they go out in the world and they're smiling bigger than they've ever smiled in all their life. You may see them out there living in the world and, and you may see them on social media. And you know what? They may be smiling bigger than you ever seen them smile in church. It's one of the two things. Either it's fake and underneath that pearly white smile, there's a broken, shattered life and heart of guilt because they know they're not where they need to be at with God. Or they've never been saved. I have seen people leave church and be so happy to be out of church. They finally broke free. They finally got loose. But I want to tell you, those that are saved and those that, that know God, if they get out of church, if you was to get out of church, think about this. If you was to get out of church and, or go someplace that wasn't the will of God, you're not going to be happy. You're not gonna, your home's not gonna be happy. It's a slow fade. It's a slow spiral, but, but things will slowly but surely, they'll unravel in your life. You know why that is? Because when you live in the house of God and you're faithful to the house of God, the Bible is so true in this verse, they will be still praising thee. I think about people that's lived their whole life in church and, and they've been faithful and they've served God in their youth and their middle age and now they're, they're older. You know what? They still got their joy. Amen. They may not have their health, but they 
still got their joy. And then I think about young couples today that are in church and, and they're being faithful and they're serving God. They're not miserable. They're happy. They're happy in their home. They're happy in their marriage. They're happy with their job. They're happy on their on, on life. You know why? Because God has been good to them. You want the blessings of God? It's very simple in this verse. You want to you be happy? Stay in church and you'll still be singing His praises. And then there's the blessing of holiness. Look at verse number 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart, notice this, are the ways of them. You know, God wants to make us holy. And if you, you, a lot of times people say, well, I, I don't know if I'm holy, will I really be happy? That's the only way to be happy is to be holy. I'm not telling you that I'm as holy as I want to be. God knows that's not true. I'm not as holy as I ought to be or, or could be or should be, but, but there's a desire for holiness. There's a desire to what is holiness. It's, it's living your life in a way that's pleasing to God. It's, it's choosing to, to, to walk in the counsel of the Word of God. We're better to get that than church. Amen? That's why church is so important in our life. When we come to church, you know what? When the preacher gets up to preach, sometimes he's preaching and he's instructing us from the, from the Word of God. Sometimes he's preaching and he's encouraging us from the Word of God. Sometimes he's preaching and he might might even be rebuking us or reproving us, which is teaching, correcting us from the Word of God. But then a lot of times he's reminding us from the Word of God. He, a lot of times the preacher is telling us things that we may already know, but we need to be reminded of that. Why? So that we can live a holy life, so that we can continue to walk in the ways of the Lord. Amen? That His strength will be in us. There is strength beyond measure in the comfort of God's Word and in going to church and the Word of God and, and church you know what it does? It gives us strength. How many times have you went to church on a Wednesday night tired and wore out, but you went on anyway? You wanted to be faithful. You wanted to, to stay in the house of God. You didn't want to start that pattern of missing church. And you went there, wore out, tired in body just to fill your spot, to be, be faithful. And then when the final amen was said, you were so glad you came. You got what you needed. You were so glad you saw the faces of those others. It encouraged you. It picked you up. It gave you strength to finish the week. I'm going to tell you, it'll take eternity to reveal to us how much church really helped us and what it did in our life and what it did in our home. You say, preacher, I want to be more like God. I want to be holy. Then you need to stay in church. The blessing of staying in church. The blessing of holiness. And then there's the blessing of hope. Look at verse number 6. The Bible said, Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. You see, Baca simply, simply means the, the place of lamentation, the place of weeping. And it was a place when those Jews would, would walk, a place they would walk through as they would make their way to the house of God. It was one of those paths that they took and it was no doubt a very dry place. And, but there were some pools there and the Bible said that the rain would fill those pools with water. And what it did to the traveler as he was walking through that, that place, that low place, that, that place that, would be, that was named place of weeping, a place of lamentation that was very dry. He knew that there was hope because there was pools there. Even 
though he was making that journey and he may be tired from the journey, he may be thirsty from that journey, but he knew if he could get to Baca, even though it was known as a place of weeping and lamentation, he knew there were some pools there and that the rain would, would provide him with some refreshment. And you know, that's what the house of God does for us in a world that is so dry, in a world of lamentation, in a world of weeping, in a world of sorrow. We come together on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday on the Lord's Day. You know what we find here in the house of God? We find a, a place of refreshment. We find a little pool here on the side of the road that gives us what we need spiritually to keep on, keep it on. Where would I be and where would you be if it wasn't for this church, if it wasn't for a place to come to and hear the Word of God preached and be around the saints of God? How many times have we been encouraged, equipped, uh, and, 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 been, and been helped along life's way? I'm talking about it gives us hope. Amen. That's what church does. It gives you hope. When you're discouraged, it gives you hope. When you're doubting, church gives you hope. When you're, listen, in despondency, it gives you hope. And, and that's what being, staying in the house of God gives hope. I see so many people today, and I'm sure that you do too, that when you look in their faces, you see despair. I'm talking about people out in the world. And I'll tell you, even in a lot of churches I go in that are dead, no, they're lifeless. There's no presence of God. I, I, there's no Spirit of God. I, I'm preaching right now to an empty building. But I'll tell you, I feel more presence of God preaching right now in this empty building than I have a lot of churches I've been in where the Holy Ghost has been so grieved that He wouldn't even show up and, and honor His Word there amongst those people. Now, He'll honor His Word, but not amongst them because they had, re, had, re, had grieved Him to such a, a level. But I'm telling you, when you're in a place uh, where you feel God God's presence and you go to church, uh, it'll give you hope, friend. That's why you need to stay in church. I need to stay in church. And then the blessing of being heard. Look at verse number 8 and verse number 9. He said, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, uh, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. Here's what the psalmist knew. He knew that by being in the house of God, by staying in the house of God, he knew that God would hear his prayer. You know, there's a lot of good places to pray. You can pray at home. You can pray going down the road. We, we understand that you don't have to be in church to pray. But I'll tell you, a good place to pray is in the house of God, in, at the altar. Don't ever get to the place where you're not willing to come to the altar. I don't think we ought to treat the altar casually. I don't think we ought to just go down there and not have any, I, I, you know, have any meaning into it. I think we ought to be faithful, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to be uh, to the house of God, but we ought to be sensitive in going to the altar when the Holy Spirit deals with our heart. But also the other side of that is don't get to the place where you don't use the altar. Don't get to the place where it's easy to just sit in that pew. Use the altar. Go. It's a good place to pray. Bow your head when we pray as a collectively as a church and, and find something that you need to pray for or pray about that need that is represented. You know why? Because you can be heard. Amen. 
And I want to tell you, staying in the house of God keeps us in tune. It keeps us in check. It keeps us right with God so that our prayers are not hindered. Amen. David said in Psalm 66 and verse 18 that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I'll tell you, going to church will keep iniquity out of your heart. I know you can go there and still have it. But I'll tell you, I'm glad for the times that I go to church and, and there's something in my life that maybe I'm not aware of or, or maybe I've just ignored it. But the man of God gets up and he preaches and he calls it out and the Holy Spirit takes the Bible and shows me that I'm wrong and reminds me that I need to do something about it. I need to deal with it in my life. Hey, that's what church is for. It's to deal with things in our life. Church helps us. Amen. It keeps us right with God so that when we pray, we can be heard. You know, this week with so many people, and last week, I mean so many people that was, uh, was sick and, and, and others that still are sick with the virus. And I thought about even my, my granddaughter. And uh, boy, that got, my, that got my heart. I mean, it got me with a lot of people, but it really got me when, when she got sick. But you know, I'm glad that I, I always, when I pray, I always have to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I, there's not a day that goes by that before I say anything, I say, oh Lord, please forgive me of my shortcomings, my failures, and there's so many. And then I name those sins. It's not hard to find sin in your life. But at the same time, I'm glad I could come boldly to the throne of grace on behalf of the church, on behalf of my family. I could come boldly and know that God was going to hear my prayer that God said He would, that, that I could take His Word and trust it. I believe that. I believe God hears prayer. I believe that I've seen Him. I, I, I'm not a great uh, person of prayer, but I've seen God answer prayer. I've seen times when I asked Him to do something that He did. It's not because I'm great. It's because He's merciful and He is great and God hears us. And the same God that hears me is the same God that hears you. You ought to try it. If you, you ought to ask God for things and, and pray. I'm talking about things that you know that would honor Him and please Him and that would be His will. And watch God answer a prayer in your life. I'll tell you, staying in church, there's the blessing of being heard. And then I'll close with this. There's the blessing of being helped. Look at what the psalmist said in verse, in verse number 11 of this chapter. He said, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. You see, the Lord God's a sun and shield. That sun is what guides us. That sun lightens our way. That sun uh, gives us direction. That sun helps us. Uh, it helps our body. It does so many things for us that we don't even think about. And then that shield protects us, doesn't it? And then he said the Lord will give two things. He'll give grace and He'll give glory. God gives us grace in this life. He gives us a little glory along the way, but He gives us grace. He knows we need grace every day. One day we'll get to the other side and God will glorify our bodies and He'll give us glory on the other side. And God gives grace and He gives glory. Why does God do this? Because He loves us and He wants to help us. And God said, if you'll stay in my house, He said, I promise I'll be a son and shield all to you all the days of your life. If you'll stay in my house, you'll find grace and glory. There's a lot of places to find it, but I'm going to tell you, there's never been a place where I found more grace and glory than I have in the house of God. The psalmist said, To see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. No wonder he made this statement in verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents of wickedness. And friend, I want to tell you that. 
I've, I've given God. I, I'm not no great example, but I've given my teenage years, my 20s, my 30s, and now I'm giving in my 40s. And I can tell you this, I have no regrets about going to church. I have no regrets about being faithful to the house of God. I've not missed anything in this world. Uh, listen, I'm glad. I, I'm, I thank God I didn't get out and party and live it up. And I I'm, thank God that I didn't get out and ruin those years of my life. And I'm glad that God, he, he gives grace and glory for those who have. But if you have and you're listening to me, don't do that. Don't, don't you walk away from church and don't go join some church that, that really isn't a church, that, that just is an excuse to go to church. You stay in this old time way. You stay with God. You stay under the preaching and the fundamentals of the faith. and You stay around that crowd that believes the Bible and practices holiness and, and teaches the right way. You stay in church all the days of your life. I'll tell you what will happen. You'll look back one day as an old man or an old lady. And I say that respectfully. But you'll look back one day and you'll say this. You'll say that my life, all I can say is I have been blessed. God has been good to me. I would love to one day, as an older saint of God, look back like Daniel of old and say, God has been good to me. God has blessed me. I've stayed in church all the days of my life and, and the Lord has, has blessed. And I would rather, after all these years, I can tell you the world holds nothing. I would rather be a doorkeeper. If all it was was just hold the door while somebody walks in, just stand at the door and greet people as they come in, I'd rather do that as to dwell in tents of wickedness tonight. I tell you, one day in God's court is better than a thousand. And the Bible talks, look what he said in verse 12, and I'll close. He said, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Blessed is the man. The man that's blessed is the man that's dwelled in the house of God. I want to encourage you tonight. I, I know that I'm preaching to the Wednesday night crowd. If you're listening, it's the Wednesday night crowd that's listening most likely. But I want to encourage you, stay in the house of God. You be faithful. When we go back to start to having Sunday school, that listen, don't you get used to missing Sunday school. When Sunday school starts back, you go back. Amen. When Wednesday night crowd starts back, I'm not talking to, if we start Wednesday night up here in a, in a week or two or whenever, I'm not talking about people that may have a physical problem or having to be it, but I'm talking about people that's able. Don't you take occasion on Wednesday nights. You be faithful. I know time's going to change. People uh, may not have, a, there's some people in our church that have a hard time seeing at night. I can understand that. But I'll tell you what, if you got good eyesight, you better drive every service you can to church. Be faithful. Be faithful. Teach your children that. Let them grow up knowing that we don't miss church. We're faithful. And I understand providentially hindered. I understand things that happen. But I'm talking about just laying out a church. No. You say, preacher, why do you harp on that so much? Because here's why. The church needs you. You need the church. You need the church. And the church needs you. And there's a blessing. The psalmist said there's a blessing and staying in church all the days of your life. David said this when he closed Psalm 23, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is that your desire tonight? Have you purposed in your heart? Hey, young person, have you purposed in your heart that you're going to stay in church? You say, well, my mom and dad goes to church. I have no choice. No, you make the choice now while you're a teenager so you don't have to make the choice later when you're 20 or you're 30 years old. You determine that I'm going to stay in church all the days of my life, that I'm not going to go out there and get a job where I've got to miss every Sunday. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. I, I'm going to stay, I'm going to be faithful to church all the days of my life. 
God will bless you for that. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this psalm. God, it's a good reminder to my own soul to just be faithful. Just stay in church. Lord, even one day when our bodies fails and maybe we, maybe we have to have somebody help us to church. Lord, I still want to be there. I know that others do. Lord, I don't think there's probably nothing more encouraging to seeing, seeing somebody walk through the doors that physically maybe you're not able. But in their, in their heart, they're still willing. And folks are helping them come to the house of God. Lord, may that be all of our testimony. In a day when so many have slacked up, help us to remember what your word says. Not forsaking the assembling as the manner of some is, but so much the more exhorting one another as you see the day approaching. Thank you for this message. Speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name.